Chapter Nineteen of the Heart of Philora by Florence Morse Kingsley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nineteen Grandma Orne Speaks Her Mind. Grandma Orne sat under the shelter of her small porch, looking out with patient, faded eyes over the old garden, where long spikes of hollyhock and foxglove swayed gently in the light breeze. It was nearing the hour of sunset, and a warm yellow light brooded the garden and touched the tops of the apple trees with gold. Outside the palings, lost in vines and luxuriant garlands of honeysuckle, the road, thick with dust, wound away towards the hills. The old woman had been sewing carpet rags, and a big basket filled with the party-coloured balls stood at her side. In the rocking chair beside her, Grandfather had fallen asleep, his head, thinly covered with wisps of white hair, bent sideways. From his half-closed lips the breath escaped in little puffs, varied by an occasional snorting whistle. Grandmother glanced at him indulgently, almost condescendingly. She never slept in the daytime. Presently she got up from her chair and walked slowly to the gate her lips moving soundlessly. She was thinking of Milly, and of the fact that for more than a week the girl had not visited the cottage. "'I'd like to know what she's a-doing,' she said to herself. "'If she don't come up tonight, I guess I'll have to go up there and see.' Her thoughts reverted to the hill's evening dinners with rising indignation. "'It's all them arty fiddles to get ready,' she muttered. Meat and potatoes and such at night ain't good for nobody. Makes them fractious, like too much oats would a horse. If she'd a said in the beginning she wasn't used to no such nonsense, I guess that woman would a give in. The lads love petunias and mignonette growing luxuriantly in their humble beds, gave out sweet odours as the old woman's skirt brushed past. She came to the gate presently and leaning upon it, looked up and down the dusty road with the submissive eyes of age, no longer eagerly expectant of anything. The sun was about to disappear behind a bank of purple cloud massed solidly upon the horizon like distant mountains. Mrs. Orne gazed at it with silent disapproval. Then her eyes travelled slowly to the roof of the old house. Part of the blackened shingles had already been replaced with new, but there was a large patch where the stripped rafters lay open to the sky. Oh, didn't I warn Grandpa over and over not to let them boys rip off one more shingle than they was ready to lay, she muttered wrathfully. And Grandpa, he says to me, you go in and tend to your knitting, Mother, he says. <laughs> let some of them men folk come round the place, and it's wonderful how smart and knowing Grandpa does get all of a sudden. Seems like they kind of encourage each other in foolishness. Well, if it sets in for a good steady rain come tomorrow, maybe Grandpa'll wish he'd listen to me. She turned her back on the threatening sunset to gaze once more toward the bend in the road, where her granddaughter's slim figure had so often appeared on its way to the cottage. There were two figures there now, vaguely outlined against the parched growths of midsummer. The old woman strained her dim eyes upon them. 
looks like Milly. There's somebody else. Might be Will Craddock. He gets down this way sometimes. Oh, no. Tain't Will. He ain't so tall. Now, who can it be? She's talking to him, turning her face up to him like a flower. She's got that same pretty way of looking out her eyes as our Milly had. Awful sweet and innocent. Oh, she don't know no more than a baby. I never told her. Maybe I ought to have told her. No, that ain't anybody I ever see before. Unless, my grief, it's that feller as rides past here on a brown horse. Him that lives there. But he's married. The two were close at hand now, walking slowly. Mrs. Orne, her small bent figure half concealed in the shadow of a lilac bush, peered out at them fearfully. She saw that Milly was looking down, her face pale in the yellow light that flared up from behind the sullen cloud bank in the west, and that the man's tall head was bent. He was talking to her in low, urgent tones. You believe me, don't you, Milly? the old woman heard him say. The girl, looking up suddenly, caught sight of the pale, watchful face behind the gate. She waved her hand in greeting. It's grandmother, she said hurriedly. No, don't wait, please. But Mrs. Orne had stepped outside, her old eyes flaming. You seem to got pretty well acquainted with my granddaughter, she said, staring fixedly at the tall young man. He stopped short, hat in hand. How could I help it? he said, smiling. You don't mind, I hope, Mrs. Orne? Yes, I do mind. You've got the same nice way with you. I seen that before now. But being a married man, I didn't think to warn Milly against you. Grandmother, protested the girl. The old woman turned fiercely upon her. Go in those she commanded. I got a word to say to him. I know his nice, smooth-spoken kind. Go in, I say. The girl cast a proud glance at the man as she passed in at the gate, and he smiled reassuringly at her. Mrs. Orne watched her granddaughter as she trod lightly between the borders of sweet-smelling flowers. Then she faced the young man, who stood regarding her perplexedly. You was trying to make her believe something, she said sharply. What was it? Why, really, Mrs. Orne, he protested. I... Have you been making love to Milly? Answer me straight. He stared at her, his dark brows gathered over his troubled eyes. I haven't said anything I'm not willing to stand by, he broke out after a prolonged pause. I'll tell you that much. Oh, I ought to be obliged to you for your kindness, I suppose, sneered the old woman. Maybe your wife could tell me what sort of a man you are. He moved away a few steps. Oh, um, permit me to say good night, he murmured. Come back here, cried Mrs. Orne, stamping her foot. Her usually mild, good-tempered face was distorted with fury, and she seized him by the wrist. I'm a-going to tell you something about Milly, she hissed in his ear. She don't know it no more than a baby. I never meant she should. She's growed up here along, all of us, just like one of them posies, sweet and innocent and good. And I wanted she should stay so. 
i wanted she'd marry a good honest man and take care of her when we was dead and gone lord <laughs> tears rushed into the fierce old eyes and she raised her apron to wipe them away mrs orne he began slowly i wish you would believe me when i say believe you she cried shrilly believe you i won't believe a fellow like you with your hand on the bible her mother was fooled into believing a nice good-looking smooth-spoken chap like you and what she get for it her heart broke in two shame and black looks and a grave i can show it to ye over there in the cemetery that's what she got for believing and you suppose i'm going to let little milly all we got left in the world do you think for a minute i'm going to stand back polite and fearful of my betters the way you expect an old woman like me to leave you to trump her down in the mud you got to go past me first he drew a hard breath and squared his young shoulders look here he said under his breath you've had your say and now i'll have mine this is a devilish world i'm beginning to think but i he stopped short his teeth set hard on his nether lip i'm waiting to hear scoffed the old woman i wish you'd take a good look at me he broke out desperately you've taken a lot for granted that isn't true you aren't fair something in his boyish voice touched her she took him by both arms and turned him towards the waning sunset light maybe i've said too much she mumbled maybe i she peered up at him straining to her tiptoes her withered hands gripping the lapels of his coat he submitted to her inspection his angry honest eyes staring down at her don't tell her what you told me he begged oh god it's too brutal his voice broke and the old woman suddenly released him maybe i said too much she repeated humbly but i'm awful feared of strangers i'm awful feared you needn't be afraid of me he said roughly but you won't tell her she shook her head mumbling wordlessly to herself would hurt her you think yeah oh, yes you're right she's like one of them tall posies in the garden say you wouldn't tromp a white flower in the mud would you she heard his sharp drawn breath saw the blood leave his dark face you wouldn't she begged all the fury gone out of her tremulous old voice me and grandpa set an awful store be milly she's all we got left and you wouldn't do nothing to hurt her don't he groaned for god's sake don't he turned and strode away his feet making no sound in the thick dust of the road from behind the solid rampart of cloud the last gleam of yellow light shot upward flickered and faded milly bent a troubled questioning gaze on her grandmother as the old woman hobbled slowly into view around the corner of the house mrs orne made a pretence of gathering some fallen bits of cloth from the floor of the porch uh, it's, uh, it's going to rain grandpa 
she said, raising her voice. I told you twat this morning, and all them shingles ripped off. Rain, scoffed Grandpa. It ain't going to rain, just to spite me. The Lord don't care a cotton hat what you told me this morning. Grandpa on, you'd better be careful the way you talk. We ain't no more than chaff in the mill race, ready to be swept away. Lord, Lord! Her voice rang out in a shrill crescendo. Oh, don't holler so, Ma, protested the old man. Me and Millie ain't diff, be we, Millie? The girl was looking up anxiously at the sky and the dismantled roof. I'm afraid it is going to rain, she said, and the roof... Oh, it's open right over your bedroom. You'll have to move to the other side. I'll help you, Grandma, and then I must get back before it's dark. I ain't going to let you go back no more, Millie. You've been gone long enough. Me and Grandpa needs you. The girl had risen from her seat on the doorstep. We'll move the bed into the kitchen, she said. Then I must go. Her face, with its clear, pure outlines, shone like a pearl in the dusk of the little bedroom as she began to strip off quilts and pillows. "'Did you hear what I said to you?' asked Mrs. Orne, almost timidly. "'Or was you thinking about... about something else?' "'I heard you, Grandmother, but I can't leave them now without warning. It wouldn't be right.' Both women were silent, taking refuge from each other's questioning eyes in the task of taking down the old bedstead and carrying it to the kitchen. Oh, if only Grandpa hadn't been so brash, muttered Mrs. Orne. I warned him not to let the boys rip off the shingles reckless the way they done. But he's so set in his ways, Grandpa is. Milly smiled absent-mindedly as she spread the coarse sheets over the straw mattress. Poor grandfather, she murmured. Poor grandfather, echoed Mrs. Orne sharply. Whatever makes you say that? A body would think I was crazy. I, I guess I got some sense. I can see through a millstone with a hole in it as good as the next one. I don't want you should go back there. You've been there too long already. Millie's lids drooped. Why, why did you speak to Mr. Hill the way you did? she asked rather breathlessly. Why should he be talking to you? That's what I want to know. Why should he be a walking alongside of you, bending his head down like he was, you was, and him a married man? The girl stooped and laid her cool, fresh cheek against the withered one. There was mute appeal, mute confession in the fleeting caress. But the old woman, all her fears once more aroused and clamouring, perceived nothing. Well, you, you've got to be awful careful of strange men, honey, she stammered. Oh, he looks nice, I know, but you don't want to believe nothing he says to you. I ain't never liked to tell you how dreadful wicked some folk is. Seems too bad to spoil all your pretty white thoughts. Oh, but honey... Sometimes nice, smooth-spoken folks will tell the blackest of lies. May God reward them according to their works. But, Grandmother, oh, yes, honey, yes, you're going to tell me you know I eat better than I do. Young folks always think that. 
an old woman like grandma what can she know that's what comes into your mind you can't help it it's nature i guess to believe the world's made over new for every generation but it ain't oh lord no things goes on about the same you won't believe nothing he tells you will you milly the girl made no answer through the open window came the distant mutter of thunder and grandfather's grumbling monotone as he gathered up his garden tools drat the rain it's a comin sure and me a thinkin by the feelin in my bones twas set fair for another two weeks looks like grandma had scared it up just to spite me milly dropped a light kiss on top of the old woman's cap don't worry about me grandma she murmured i'm not so foolish and ignorant as you seem to think i'll be careful she was gone the next instant mrs orne heard the gate slam shut behind her and her husband's voice upraised in shrill warning of the approaching storm oh lord she quavered i can't see an inch in front of my face maybe you know about that fellow i don't does look like there wa'n't no use of praying you know you didn't lift a finger to save our milly unless letting her die was saving her we don't know nothing about what comes after and even if it's all pearls and gold up there and folks flying round with wings and a-wearing crowns and a-playing on harps it don't seem to do us much good but if you don't take care of little milly i don't care for no harp nor no wings they wouldn't comfort me none don't lay it up again her lord that i ain't prayed for so long maybe you wouldn't blame me none if you was to realize what i've been through oh lord lord a broad flash of lightning illumined the darkened room and the bent old figure rocking back and forth distractedly on the edge of the bed why in creation don't you light the lamp ma demanded grandfather's wrathful voice from the door here i be and knockin my shins up against them plaguy chairs and i tip something over out there i dunno what it was but i kind of sense things are rolling off onto the ground my balls are carpet rags exclaimed grandmother brought suddenly back to earth Oh, land if i ever did see such a man in the dim light of the kerosene lamp the two old people gazed anxiously at each other some folkses are going to get ketched in this here shower quoth grandfather i hope it won't be milly oh she can run like a streak she'll get there before a crash of thunder drowned the words and then followed rain rain beating upon the new shingles overhead and dripping through the stark rafters above the empty bedroom mrs orne moved slowly across the floor twon't hurt her none to get wet she said musingly tain't that that's a worryin me the lightnin's enough to frighten anybody quavered grandfather i'm afraid the little girl'll get scared of the thunder hmm well it's good for girls to get scared once in a while muttered grandmother darkly if that's all i was afraid of 
Lord, Lord. End of chapter 19